It's really hard to get. <laughs> First, I'll silent. Will you silent your mic? damn phone, please? Hands off, too. Interrupting our podcast like that. Something creepy on the silver screen A feeling paranormal and a eerie scream When you get the creepy crawlies and you hold your breath Cause right around the corner is the fear of death A couple K&T's talking ghosts and ghouls Where the slashes never stop and there are no rules If you're looking for the haunts to make you crave seclusion It's time to settle in, this is Grim Conclusions Hello everybody, welcome to Grim Conclusions. I'm Tina. I'm Kanan. And I'm Matt. We have another new featured friend here with us for this podcast. And Matt, why don't you, for an introduction, let the listeners know what movie scared you the most when you were a child? Uh, When I was a child. Uh, The only one that really, (laughs) the only one that comes to mind is once when I was a little uh, my mom put on a movie called Volcano. I don't know if I ever <laughs> seen it. I don't think I've ever Is seen it. Is it an that. actual scary movie? Uh, it's not really. No, it's not really. It's like a horror movie. But it, yeah, I thought it was. I had like this weird thing with volcanoes when I was a kid, and a guy fell in the lava, and I got scared. And I had to tell my mom to change the channel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's. I was scared of volcano. I mean, that's fair. I feel like, especially as you're young, uh, those things are traumatizing. I know I definitely had a movie where I was scared to play video games for a month uh, (laughs) because if you died in the game, you died for real, and I was super paranoid about that. So Wouldn't know. Okay, well, Tina's too cool for it, so... Tina's never... No, it's just that Tina's never died in a video game. That's true. Well, um, Donkey Kong Country, you die as a... Oh, so you have died. Well, as a monkey. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay. That, that, that makes sense. So every time you died in the game, a monkey died in real life. Uh, no. How do you get that's, responsible that worse? for that? No. How I'm feeling feel? attacked. Next, let's go to the movie. No, before we get into the movie, we're going to do our new segment called Do or Die, where we're going to answer would you rather questions related to scary movies and whatnot. So the first one I have for both of you and myself is... Would you rather watch the tape from The Ring or have to say Bloody Mary in a mirror in front of a dark mirror five times? What's The Ring? Oh, Tina. <laughs> Tina, you're a host of the We're a host of the Scary <laughs> Movie Podcast. Well, clearly we have to add that to yeah. the list. It's the movie where if you watch the tape, then you get calls and they say, like, you have seven days until you die. No. Okay, well. Wow. I guess I'm going with the latter. I'll, I'll go with Bloody Mary. You would rather say that one. I guess. But you have no idea why the other one's bad. No. <laughs> so wouldn't you want to take the other one? No, because I, I know, at least I know what's coming with the other one. I guess. How about you, Matt? See, I know what's coming with the tape, so I'm also <laughs> going to say Bloody Mary in the mirror. Yeah, I feel like as a kid, I don't remember if I did it or not, or if we like stopped middle of like about to do the Bloody Mary in the mirror or whatever. So I'd probably take that route just because, yeah, the tape, 
ekes me out a little bit, and I don't really want to mess with that. So. Yeah, I think I actually did try the Bloody Mary thing when I was little, but I only got to, like, number three. I never did the last one. Yeah, I was going to so, say, I think I did too, and I just... I just kind of psyched myself It's one of those things where, up. like, I, I was like, this is... It's not real, but... Like, but I'm not going to mess gonna with it. it. <laughs> just in case it is, I'm not going to do it. Right. All right, so then the second question I have for you is what's more creepy or what is more creepy to you in a horror movie, however you want to take it, the attic of a place or the basement of a place? Attic. And so we're talking unfinished basement, just to clarify too, like one of those creepy, nasty, unfinished basements. You are going with attic. How come? Bad stuff always happens in the attic. And then you like peek your head. But bad stuff happens in the basements too. I know, but like... Nah, I'm going with the attic. It's more creepy. You look in that, you look up there, and then like there's just so many places or like thing. No, attic all the way. <laughs> all right, Matt, what do you think? I'm going opposite as you on this one. I think the mm. the basement is by far scarier in Why? my opinion. Because the attic, you can like a lot of times it'll be like. I don't know, maybe a window or something. That if something happens, you can hurl yourself out of the window. That's true. Okay, but then like you fall out of out of like three stories and but, potentially die. But you get out of the space if you're in a terrible horror yes, situation. I'll die on my own terms. <laughs> a basement, you're <laughs> pretty true. much trapped down there and only have one way out usually. I think Matt convinced me on this one. I was gonna say attic, but I think that the basement is a lot worse once you lay that out. And a lot of times I feel like there's a wind. well, if there is, like, a window in the attic, so, like, natural light can come in. But if there's no windows in a basement, then... That's true. I guess I'm just basing it off of scary movies in general. Like, usually, like, things always happen in the attic, and there's never a light in the attic. I mean, one of your favorite movies, The Conjuring, everything happens in the basement. True. Got her on her own thing. You want to switch, <laughs> or are you staying with the I'm attic? I'm staying with the attic. All right, and then the last one before we jump into the feature film. Would you rather have a pumpkin for a head or knives for hands? Pumpkin for a head. You got to say why. (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like I would hurt myself trying to get dressed or do my hair and stuff, at least with a pumpkin. Like, I don't know. It's not hard. It can't be harmful. Do you think your head would fit through your clothes if you had a pumpkin? I could make the hole bigger. Special clothes. (laughs) Pumpkin clothes. <laughs> yeah. What would your face look like if you had a pumpkin for a head? Would you just have the stereotypical, like, jack-o'-lantern head, or would you... I'd have a glam pumpkin head. A glam pumpkin head. Yeah. Sparkles and everything? Sparkles, or... lipstick, I don't know. Probably have some weave hair. I don't know. I'm trying to picture... Not the... a jack-o'-lantern, though. I feel like it would be better to have a jack-o'-lantern face rather than a human face <laughs> on a pumpkin. Well, not, like, human, but, like... Just all like up. Glam. Like, think about Miss, Mrs. Potato Head. She has, like, glammed features. That's what I would look like, but on a pumpkin. All right. You can, like, rearrange them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> what would you pick? I would pick the the knife hands. Are you worried about, like, damaging everything that you have or cutting yourself all the time? or I, I would have, like, a sneaky way out because people can live without their hands, but you can't live without your head. So I just, That's true. just get them, get them out of there. Get my hands out of there. All right. I think I would, you could also get like knife covers. That's what I was just gonna say. Or I was that, gonna say yeah. I mm-hmm. think I would get the knife hands, and I was gonna say I'd put the covers on them so that way I could control. When you don't I'm want a pumpkin head. Nah, we're we're not gonna both be pumpkin heads in this one. 
So you're going to date a pumpkin head? Yep. Okay. I can even like carve out your features with my glam face. There you go. So then on to the feature film, which is Hereditary. Before I jump into the synopsis, quick overall just gut feeling of how you felt after this movie finished. Just to give people an idea of... Because I saw both of your faces as we finished this movie. So just gut reaction, one word. How did you feel about this movie? Hmm. Mine's not even a word. It's just hmm. <laughs> uh, mine's a hyphenated word, and that's messed up. Which that's is how hyphenated? I felt. Well, it I, is now. It is now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Added so to the, <laughs> the movie is hereditary. Uh, the movie, a quick just generalization of the movie. If you want the synopsis, we'll put that in the notes of the show. So feel free to check it out there. But the movie is a cultish movie, so to speak. Um, but it centers around a family that has family troubles without giving any spoilers away or anything. There's lots of creepy, kind of haunting things happening that are just unexplained to this family. And as you go throughout the movie, you learn more and more about what is causing it or why it's happening. It's really hard to go further into detail with that because there's just so many things that would give it away if I explained it any further. But know that it is definitely worth watching. So we'll jump into... Would you recommend the film right away off the tip of your tongue, Tino? Yes or no? I can't really say. Why? I'm just like, I'm just kind of left with like a hmm feeling. Like I, I don't have much to say. I'm interested to see you guys talk it out first because I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. But you know that we have to rate the movie before we talk it out. So you're going to have to come up with some sort of feeling. I mean, <laughs> what was the question? Do I recommend it to yes. people? I would say yes, but just know that it's going to leave you with a odd feeling. That's fair. All right, yeah. Matt, how about you? Would you recommend it? I definitely would, but I think this would be one, kind of like Tina was saying, this would be one that I would definitely recommend to someone, but I would kind of like be like, well, you might want to like prepare yourself before you watch this one. Right. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think I told both of you before, because I had seen this in theaters. with. Yeah, Matt and I, this is our first time watching it. And this is my second time. So the only thing I said beforehand was, this movie's messed up. Actually, I said, this movie's fucked up. Because it is. But that was all I said. So if you're going to jump into this movie, just prep yourself for that. And then you'll understand what we're talking about by the end. Or if you listen to the spoilers, you'll understand what we're talking about. (laughs) We'll jump right into the ratings before we get into those details. Scale of 1 to 10, solely on the storyline, Matt. What do you think? 1 to 10. 10 being it was one of the best storylines you've ever seen, not even for just scary movies, but films in general. Or a 1 being, wow, how did they make money on this movie? It was just so messed up. Hmm. Uh, I'd probably have to go, um, this is just story-wise, you said? Yep, just probably Probably a 7 right now. Seven or eight. I, I'm I'm easily entertained by movies, but I thought this was... I still really like this one. So I'd probably go... Yeah, I'd go, I'd go seven. All right. How about you, Tina? I'll agree with a seven. Mm-hmm. Copy here. All right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Whatever. I'll go with an Pumpkinhead. eight and a half. <laughs> um, I really like this film. And the second time through watching it, I feel like a lot more things started to click for me and started to make sense earlier. Whereas I feel like that first time you run in through it, it's just like, you're still trying to piece together like 
how is this movie gonna end what is this movie about and it's just like there's lots of things to wrap your head around the first time so then now that i saw it the second time a lot more made sense and it was still just as entertaining so i'll give it an eight and a half which is good for a movie because it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving right you learn something new every time yeah i do think if if i were to watch it again this would be one of the movies that i would probably rate it higher on a second watch right Mm mm-hmm all right, and then jumping over to the horror scale, rating it 1 to 10. And it doesn't have to be on just jump scares alone, but more so feeling creeped out, feeling uncomfortable. How would you rate it 1 to 10, Tina? Well, I was uncomfortable a lot of the movies. I wasn't really, like, scared until the end, though. Like, the last maybe half hour, 45 minutes. But I was creeped out a lot. So I would say maybe, like, a a six. I'll go with six. I, I'm gonna go with a nine. Nine. I, so I enjoy. Um, this movie didn't really have many at all jump scares. Mm-hmm. Like it had maybe two. I think I jumped. There once, was definitely yeah. one for sure, but yeah, I think two would probably be tops. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoy, I enjoy movies that rely on other tactics than just jump scares, and I think this mm-hmm. one did an awesome job at. At implementing those other tactics. And yeah, it made me feel pretty uncomfortable for <laughs> probably 85% of the movie. Yeah, yeah I am going to go ahead and I, I could regret this later, but I feel like of all the scary movies I've seen, like I'm going to give this one a nine and a half, just under a 10. Almost perfect. Almost perfect. Out of all the scary movies we've seen? Even The Ring? It's not even because it's scary though. It's just you are uncomfortable 85 to 90 percent of this entire movie and it's not even just eerie uncomfortable but it's like situationally you're uncomfortable there's times where there's tension in the family and you can just it's it feels like you're there and it's awkward and like you're a part it's just like you're always tense and uncomfortable in different ways Mm -hmm. and then on top of it at the end when you think oh my gosh there's no jump scares like i can kind of relax then all of a sudden a couple things start happening and then a couple gruesome things start happening. And it's just like you you get it from every direction of a horror film. And so I feel confident saying that I would give this a nine and a half as far as the horror or uncomfortable side okay. film. So, yeah, you with your six or seven, that felt pretty low. But <laughs> I think it's just because I I'm still processing. That's like, fair. like we said, if we could rewatch it again, Matt and I, I feel like. I would get a lot more out of it the second time. So mm-hmm. for sure. Okay, so then right now is the point where if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend you stop the pa- podcast. Podcast. Stop, stop the podcast <laughs> and uh, go watch the movie because this is definitely one you're going to want to watch on your own before having anything spoiled. Uh, so this is your warning. Otherwise, it's going to be time for the bitching hour. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. Tina, let's hear some flaws that you had with the movie. Since you didn't think it was as scary <laughs> and you're still processing, I want to know what you thought was wrong with it. So this is like a what? Two hour movie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Two hours and two minutes. Two. Okay. So two hour movie. The first like hour 15, other than the one thing that happened in the beginning... Like, it was really slow. You can spoil stuff now, too. We're, we're past the point. So if you don't want to say the one thing that happened in the beginning, feel free. Well, to... I feel like that's going to be an oh shit moment, so I should save it. All right. 
something happens in the beginning-ish, but, like, the first hour, 15 minutes of the movie, it's really slow, and, like, you just kind of wonder, like, okay, when are things going to pick up? When are, when are, like, more creepy things going to happen? And, you know, we talk about, like, other things happening, situational and stuff like that, but the main part of the story and what thing, what Joan and the grandma who's dead already, Ellen, Ellen and, yeah. What they're trying to accomplish with Peter getting him, like, to become this king dude, you know, there's a lot, like, I just wanted to see more of that process, I guess, and you really don't get that until 40 minutes left of the, 45 minutes left of the movie. So, I, um, if that was the whole point of the movie, I would have liked to see more of that be drawn into the beginning. But then again, like, I could have just missed a lot of things. So I think just the biggest thing to clarify for you is that they couldn't do too much explaining of, like, Joan and Ellen and their cult's process ahead of time. Because otherwise, it would take away a lot of the, like, towards the end, you have all these twists and you have the main plot happening and the scares and whatnot. If they explain it earlier then you're going to see everything happening. Whereas both of you, I feel like, had that feeling of what is happening? How <laughs> How is this going to end all the way up until the last 10, 15 well, Matt, minutes? Matt, I think, said that like three different times. Yeah, because like, it like kept changing. Like, so, yeah. Right. So I think if they try to do that, what you're saying, and explain it earlier or get into it, then you're going to be able to see it coming. And that would take away from why this movie is so good, in my opinion, at least. That's true. And it could just be because it was a very different scary movie, like... Because it's more of like a culty, ritualistic movie. Like, if they would, like you said, if they would have done that earlier on, you would have just gotten the point a lot sooner, and then right. it wouldn't have needed all the extra stuff. But yeah, how that about, was just my thing. How about you, Matt? Uh, flaws that you felt were throughout. Um, and I'm having a tough time picking one because I I really did like this one a lot. But I guess the only thing. I don't know if it's a flaw. It's probably just more so I didn't understand what was going on. But I don't understand um, what is with the dad. Like, how, why did he get burned up? Yeah, I was confused by that, too, as far as how he died the way he died. Because I think we all expected for the mom to start on fire as soon as that book went in. Since yeah. they prepped it like that earlier. And I feel like that's something that we probably have to look into as far as what the director's take on that was, just because I don't know how to explain that The one. way yeah. that I kind of took it was, because obviously at that point we start noticing that something's wrong with the mom, and before, when she burned the tried burning the book the first time and she caught on fire, mm-hmm. like she was still kind of more there with her in her own head, and I think at that point, like after she tried talking to Charlie... With the family and stuff, like, whatever tried to possess her, they don't really explain. But once she got more and more possessed, like, the that person or that spirit took over and then casted the fire onto the husband. That's kind of how I took it. Well, yeah. I don't think that she actually gets, like, fully possessed or, like, fully taken until after the husband dies. Because you see the, like, circle. When she's, like, floating. Right. Like she, and right yeah. before that, like, right when the husband dies, you see that, like, white circle that you see throughout the movie kind of go onto her face. And then that's when all of a sudden her oh. face is, like. Her face changes. Yep. And then she, it's, like, there, she's gone. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I guess that was, I kind of took that as, like, recognizing that it wasn't the wife that started the fire. It was the spirit or whatever. 
to the yeah. to the husband. I guess the only part is the the, the reason I was kind of confused with that was because. The fire doesn't start, or she doesn't get taken over till after the fire. So then it couldn't be this I know. Point. I'm just mm. saying I think it was a recognition on our end somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Which I, because I, I, I'm fine with that, how it happening, but I mean, also, again, just it could be. Just kind of want an explanation. Yeah, just like, give me just like something like, li- like if she would have drawn the dad in the fire or something right. like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Your flaw, I thought you were about to take my flaw when you started. <laughs> Um, my the only fly I could really find that besides that that was a good one too, um, is how terrible their relationship is for a married couple, and you never are explained why. Like almost every moment of this movie, the dad seems to have something against the mom, or is always like upset or like mad. And there was a couple of things that I wrote down that it was just like when he comes home to her breaking down and like she destroyed all of her work because she works from home he, she destroyed all her work and the first thing he says is what what the f happened here <laughs> instead of like are you okay what's going on like you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it just always he comes off so cold to her and then there is a part where he thinks that well he gets the call that the gravesite was the grandmother's gravesite was messed up then he gets pictures that she was dug or like it was emptied and then when he comes home and the wife's like, I found a body upstairs. Like, I think it's my mom. I don't know. I, she doesn't have a head. And she's like frantic and kind of like dazed and confused and scared and saying all this to him. And he goes up and looks and then he comes back down and he's freaked out or whatever. But then instead of like seeing how shocked she is by it, he instead just goes, you did this. You dug up your mom and you put her. And it's just like. How is this relation? What's so wrong with this this marriage? When she's when the mom's talking to Joan in her apartment, she explains how she was sleepwalking and almost lit her kids on fire. So I do think there's some resentment that from like the husband, like to his wife. You know, you almost lit my kids on fire. You almost killed them. And on top of that, I think he just thinks. Like, obviously, he shouldn't do this because that's terrible, but, you know, she explains earlier in one of her, like, um, adjusting to loss meetings or whatever that, like, her mom died and had mental health issues, her brother had schizophrenia and committed suicide, and then there was somebody else that died. Anyway, I think, obviously, you know, that's different now, but... At the time, like, that's all the husband knows. So I think he just jumps to conclusions that she's not right in her mind either. And so he's always, like, jumping the gun like something's wrong with her. That's definitely a fair explanation. It would explain some of it for me. That was just the only thing I could find as a flaw. It was just, like, yeah. it stood out to me that they really didn't have a good marriage. And it that might be the only explanation that was subtly in, introduced. And yeah. I figured that, I mean, it, it was his daughter, too charlie so that right and right. like the mom kind of i don't know shows it outward a little more by like actually going and talk well trying to talk to people about it and stuff yeah. right. I feel you like don't the, really see the dad doing that maybe he's i think he's just trying to hold it, it together more exactly. because he realizes out in, with their marriage in anger maybe. or something and i mean obviously peter's still alive so he's gotta like suck it up for him because mm-hmm. the wife isn't doing that you know she's just a hot mess so 
All right, so then transitioning over, what are some of our favorite scenes? I'm going to start with you, Matt. Okay, yeah. So I, I think my one of my favorite scenes is, it might be like when Peter is in class, I think, oh. uh, yeah, the last time when he like fully has his thing happen and he like his arm, like when he raises his hand, like his hand yeah. is all like <laughs> crooked and like he has this like meltdown kind of yeah and his and, face is jacked up yeah too, and, and it's it, that kind of was like to me it was like okay like peter is deeply involved in this somehow right and mm-hmm. he's gonna get he's gonna get effed up by it <laughs> <laughs> um going off of that same not the same scene but it has to do with peter he's in the classroom and he looks over to the um window thing mm-hmm. and he's like not smiling but he sees his reflection and his reflection is smiling and i'm like okay there's a that's there's crazy. a like a filter on tiktok mm-hmm. that like may or it might be instagram or something where it makes like put smiles on people's faces and people have been doing this thing where they're like have it on them they're smiling and they'll go up to a mirror and the smile is on the person in the mirror, but on them, they're just like, oh, stone oh, face. No. It, it reminded me of that. <laughs> it was oh, very creepy. creepy. And I think both of those scenes, it was like kind of a shout out to him actually being kind of taken over towards the end. And like, that's why I think both times he had the, heard the click noise too. So if that mm-hmm. connects at all. But I agree. Those scenes were weird. I had both of them written down. And then another one that I, I really thought was cool well, it sounds messed up to say it was cool, um, but awesome. it was it was one of my favorite scenes is when they were at the dinner table and the mom just starts unleashing her emotions on Peter because Peter's like, oh, like you look like you have something to say. Just say it. And this is like right after they had lost his sister. And she's just like, no, nothing. And then all of a sudden she just snaps and starts like just going all out and blaming him for their sister's death and all these things. And then all of a sudden, like you can just feel the tension and the like raw. I thought that that was some of the like better acting that I've ever seen in a scary movie. So I was just like, this is kind of tense and messed up. And then his question back kind of like flipping it all back on her was like, Oh yeah. Well, why'd you let her go to the party? She didn't want to go. And just like, the look on her face after it was just like oh that whole scene was like uncomfortable to watch because it felt so real but at the same time it was oh i I feel like you have to explain a little bit here now because you said so the mom was blaming peter for his sister's death Mm -hmm. so what happened there i feel like we got to save that because well i can explain what happened but i guess i won't explain well let's just say generic the girl Peter and Charlie, Charlie's the, du- the sister, sister. Yeah. they went to a party because the mom said, you need to bring your sister with. Her sis- His sister's allergic to peanuts. She had allergic reaction and accident occurs on the way to the hospital. And she ends up dying. So that's why the mom's freaking out at the sun. You about covered it there. So <laughs> I just feel like that's important to say at yeah, this point. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people that get to this point in the podcast will have already watched the movie. Maybe. Hopefully. If they haven't, you should have. Yeah, I if, mean, and we if gave you still, if you were still like, "I'll oh, listen," you should still. Here's your second warning. <laughs> second spoiler alert warning. Stop it right now. Go and watch it. Two hours. It'll only take two hours. You can rent it on net or not Netflix. YouTube 
for four dollars. That's what we did. So that was one of my favorite scenes. Did you have another one, Matt? Yeah, okay. which it happens like shortly after that one, I think. This might be my favorite scene of the movie. So earlier, right before that, another reason why they, I think Peter was kind of questioning his mom at the dinner table is the mom talks about before, I think with Joan, how she like used to sleepwalk and like mm-hmm. was in one night woke up where Peter and Charlie were both covered in paint thinner. And so was she and she was holding like a lit match. Um, and Peter has always kind of hated her for that. Um, and then I think shortly after that, like that night after the dinner thing, something kind of similar to that happens where like the mom comes in to Peter's room and starts like talking to Peter and they're both like crying and like broken down and you're kind of like, okay, what's going on? And then like, um, I don't know if you guys noticed it. I noticed it like a couple cause they were going back and forth. Peter's face, mm-hmm. mom's face, Peter's face, mom's face. And then like shortly before the end of that scene, they went to Peter's face and he was drenched. And then they went to the mom's face and she was drenched. And it went to Peter, then went to the mom, and the mom was crying. And then, like, right below the frame, you hear and see, like, the match light. Mm. And then they and then they both, or she woke up, I guess. I didn't catch that they kept getting drenched. I, yeah. I think I caught it last second, like, before the match lit. I saw that they were, like, wet, but I didn't see it beforehand. So it was, was, like, a couple, a couple before. And I, like, noticed, and I was like, is that? And then she lit the match. I was like, oh, jeez. Oh, ah. <laughs> I think that was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah, yes. that is super That cool. is pretty cool. Um, another scene for me had to do with after Charlie dies and um, Peter's in bed and he starts hearing the clicks. I don't know if it's right at the, the first t- night or whatever, but then all of a sudden he hears a voice like in the corner of his room, I think, and it, it's just Peter. And then you see like a, you see Charlie's like body there, but then all of a sudden she like dis like her contorts, head her head falls off, but then it turns into a ball. Yeah. So that was really really clever. I was like, oh okay, I like that. Yeah, I think even tying right into that too. That was also one of my favorite scenes, and right after her head turns into a ball or whatever then all of a sudden hands shoot out of peter's bed and start like kind of like choking him and he's like Mm -hmm. feeling like he's being strangled so that even like that whole scene as it keeps going is just like a whole lot to handle it's just that's kind of an interesting concept too because he mentions a lot in the movie that he's having a hard time breathing which is like similar to charlie his sister with her allergic with her allergic reaction Mm -hmm. and that's probably if she wouldn't have had the accident happen that's probably how she would have died anyway right so um it didn't seem like there were any hospitals too close and right there wasn't anything (laughs) no so it's just interesting how like her almost pretty much cause of death is now like symptomatic to like peter when he's alive i don't know i thought I that wonder, was a cool tie yeah and i wonder how much of that is like he's seeing that stuff because that's like part of this cold stuff or it's literally just him feeling guilty yeah that's yeah. what i was thinking or, like, too panicking. when i was going through. yeah because mm-hmm. like even when he was like smoking with his friends under the bleachers or whatever he had like almost the exact same reaction that Charlie oh, yeah. had beforehand mm-hmm. and so i didn't know if that was guilt or if he was having some weird connection or yeah i don't know what was going on there but it was a really cool scene to kind of see Mm -hmm. so then now we're we're gonna hit the big biggest moment of the whole film i think or one of the biggest shocks of the home film as we go into my favorite segment right here our oh shit moments hold up nah what we gotta go back home man 
Why? I pooped my pants. So, Matt, we're going to give it to you. What was your biggest oh shit moment? I feel like I know what the first one will be. So I'll let you bring that to the people. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to save that for one of you because I have a, a different one that I don't know. If, okay. Okay. If um, either you might bring up. Uh, for me, the biggest oh shit moment was probably um, when Annie, the mom, was at Joan's house and they did the seance thing and like the cup actually moved for the first time. Because I think that was, like, your first indication of, okay, like, whatever's happening is not just in these people's heads. Right. And it's real. Like, there's some real witchcraft or whatever happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, that was my oh shit moment. Like, oh, shit, this is, this <laughs> sounds, this is real. Something's actually happening. <laughs> for sure. Um, for me, it was more towards the end because that's when things were getting, like, super heavy. I don't even I don't even know if I should have laughed or just been like pooping myself, but it was uh, Peter was sleeping or not sleeping, kind of sleeping, and you see the mom. It's after she kills her husband, or the husband gets set on fire. I don't know if she actually killed him. Anyway, she's like paddling in the air like a dog. <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. And I was like, it was like funny and creepy at the same I time. Should I laugh like, or should I be afraid? I don't know. That was like, okay, that's interesting. It, like thinking about it makes sense because it was like. Just was the like way no, her arms were going. It and, was like completely silent and she was like kind of faded in the background. Yeah, right. it was so weird. And then like kind of. Tying into that, like, later on, Peter walks down um, outside of his room. He sees something's going on. He probably had an inkling that she was... An inkling? Yeah, walking <laughs> around on walls or air or whatever. And then you see her, like, he sees his dad dead on the floor all burnt up. And she's just, like, up in the t- highest oh. corner of the ceiling just chilling out. Not cool. Looking creepy. Yeah, I did not like that. And then right after that, you physically jumped when when he turns away, and then well, he sees a different person. I hated that. That really creeped. The guy was like the guy smiling. In the closet He's like sitting smiling. there smiling. Yeah, I hated that. I don't know if that was the dude that they were like trying to bring forth, and that was like him smiling, and then later that it takes over, or if that was a guy who was a part of the cult. I couldn't yeah. tell the difference of those yeah. because no one else in the cult gets introduced. Until you get in the attic and then in the treehouse. But that one guy in the closet. So that's why I'm like, the is that I, this person or is that somebody in the cult? I don't know. Yeah, the saying? only reason, because I had that same thought only because when Peter, you're talking about that scene before that you liked when Peter looks into the reflection in the classroom mm-hmm. and his reflection is smiling. And yeah. then, so was that guy, yeah. which made so me. So maybe it was like a foreshadow moment or something. Yeah. Or like maybe. That was his like gotcha. Like, what, what's the demon's name? Pymon? It's like Pyman or something like that. Yeah. King Pyman. 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 Pyman was in, maybe he was in that guy temporarily because he seemed to be jumping everywhere. I assume yeah. Pyman's spirit was like that light. Yeah, I yeah. think it was because every time you see it, then you hear a click and then. Something messed up happens. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. But right after you see that creepy naked old dude in the closet or stairwell or whatever, then his mom pops out and starts like running after him. him. But when she pops out of this dark corner, Tina jumped so hard. (laughs) It was great. But um, my oh shit moment then 
is the one that if you did watch the film, you already know what I'm about to bring up. And that's as Peter is driving home from the party as his sister is having an allergic reaction in the back of his car and can't breathe and is literally grabbing at her throat and like squirming all over the back seat. Then she rolls the window down and sticks her head out and is like gasping for air, trying to get air. Meanwhile, Peter's going like 100 miles an hour. Because he's trying to get her to the hospital. Like he wants to save his sister's life. Right. And then there's like an animal or roadkill that shows up right when that happens and he swerves out of the way and his sister's head smacks against the telephone pole and comes clear off and he knows something bad just happened they're going like a hundred miles per hour i don't even think he looked like he he doesn't he literally pulls the car forward and it is absolutely silent not a sound you see the sheer terror and panic in his eyes and tears starting to well up and, like, just dis- pure disbelief. Like, he even says, like, quietly, he's like, are you, are you okay? Yep, like, yep. And I, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell if he was talking to himself yes, or if yeah, he was talking was to his sister. Yeah. It was so long. Then he, he's like, you okay? And I, I don't know if he was saying it to himself, like, are you okay? Or if he was asking his sister. Yeah. But I think he knew that the second that he heard the noise. Oh, yeah. And it was just like... One of the hardest things I've ever watched in a movie that I didn't expect coming. Because I don't know if you guys saw the trailers for this movie when it first came out. But it showed her a lot and her clicking noise and all this stuff. And so it made it feel like she was going to be a central character. Which in a sense she is. But she dies so quick in this movie that it was just like you don't see it coming. You think they're going to somehow make it and she'll be fine and all this stuff. But no. That was gross. And then... He leaves, he's so shocked, he leaves the body in the car, goes up to his room and just lays there. That was rough for me. And then you see morning, his eyes are still open, he hasn't gone to sleep, and his mom clearly discovers the body, and you just hear a pierce blood-curdling shriek. And it was just like one of the hardest things to watch in in the movie overall. Mm -hmm. Definitely my old shit moment. Do you have any others that stood out to you from... Throughout the film, or I think I literally said "oh shit" right after that part when it like cuts to her head yeah. laying on yeah. the bone. There's like <laughs> bugs eating it and stuff. Yeah, that I think was I was gross. literally like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> the only other one that was kind of creepy for me was at the beginning, and I don't think Tina, I don't think you caught this because you were like coming from out of the kitchen. But Eating at the pizza. beginning, yeah, we had some pizza, 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 but. <laughs> We uh we were watching and it was right after her mom passed and she looks at the book of her mom's or whatever and it had a, like apology note in it and then she puts it back in the box closes the light and looks back turns the light off looks back and you see her mom just eerily like smiling at her in the corner and she sees the two and goes <laughs> mom and like it was funny because even I think Matt you said like. She was looking, and it's so dark on the screen, and, like, you can't tell there's really a person there. And then slowly you your eyes focus in, and you can yeah. see it, and you were like, oh! Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, it was, I was watched for, like, a full couple seconds without seeing the, <laughs> the grandma, and then I saw it. Because the team was like, what happened? <laughs> and I was just like... So that moment was, like, the first creepy thing of the whole movie, I mm-hmm. think. So mm-hmm. that one stood out to me. Did you have any others, Tina? No, I think I got mine. All right, so then what we will do, and I think this is the best movie and probably episode for this, is talk about interpretations of the movie or, like, 
thoughts that we had or maybe like didn't fully put together even questions we have for each other that we maybe could answer just because i feel like there's a lot to digest in this movie i feel like it was hard to get it all in one viewing if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so any questions or even thoughts that you had that maybe you don't know if they fully meant to do that in the film but then you that's how you interpreted it any of those stick out to you at all um, one question I had, and maybe this would have been better under the bitching hour, but... We're back in the bitch. <laughs> bitching hour 2.0. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. Why, why the tongue clicks throughout the whole movie? Like, I get it was the, the daughter, um, Charlie's thing, but, like, she didn't really seem like part of the whole process as far as, like, getting King Pyman to be a part of... Peter's body or however that works. So I just don't get why that was a thing. I think it was a, a pie man thing instead yeah. of a Charlie thing. I think so too. Oh, like so that was, was Charlie being summoned by Pyman at one point? I think and he then... was already technically in her at one point because the mom keeps referring to how she like gave Charlie to uh, her grandmother right away because she wouldn't let the grandmother do oh, anything. Oh, she did mention that, like, Charlie was her favorite or something. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they even say at one point, and with her, like, figurines that she makes and stuff, that the grandma actually, like, nursed Charlie and, like, fully took care of Charlie and kind of made Charlie her own type of kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why. It was because the grandma actually helped put whatever pie man into (laughs) into charlie and i think that charlie already had the conflicting two people in her sort of thing so whenever charlie's talking in the movie it's actually charlie but whenever she's clicking and all that it's usually the only thing she's doing you don't hear her talk right Mm -hmm. after anything like that it's just a click and then was the whole point to get so like charlie would have been like the king, so to speak, but then she ended up dying, so then they had to pass it on to Peter? I think... So I don't think Charlie would have been the king, because, correct me if I'm wrong, the mom, the second time she goes into that box of her grandma stuff, she opens that book and mm-hmm. reads it. Mm-hmm. And in the book, they like focuses on a line where it says, like, has to be the male. host has to be male. Yeah. So I'm thinking that... Pie Maybe Man they were was just, just like, like in communication with each other or something. Or Pie yeah. Man was just like hanging out in her body until right. it was time for her to die so uh, he could go okay. and hang yeah. out with Peter. That's how I took it too. Especially since I don't know if like once he's been conjured or whatever that they have to find some host because they talked about how it was uh, the mom's brother. Long, like not they didn't flat out talk about it, but it's assumed. That he was schizophrenic, but I don't know if he was actually schizophrenic. It was that he had two people inside of him, and then he killed himself because he said that his mom put someone inside of him, and that's Mm -hmm. what the mom refers to. So I think that the grandma put it in her own son, but the son killed himself, so then she had to find another host. So she just put it in Charlie for the time being? And I think it's because it has to be of the same bloodline, hence the title Hereditary. So it's like... In mm. their genes. Mm-hmm. And so it had to be within their family sort of thing. That's what I took from it all, at least. So Makes sense. Um, something I noticed, I, uh, this is one of the few things I actually took notes on because I knew I'd forget about it. The very beginning of the movie, and this kind of keyed me into looking for some other stuff I might not have noticed. Um, 
when they're in the classroom and everything is okay at this point, for the first time, Peter and the girl in front of Peter, like, raises her hand to answer some question. And it's like, they're talking about tragedy. And at one point, the girl says, like, one aspect of tragedy is, like, the characters don't notice all the things happening right in front of them. Mm. So I was like, "Mm, I bet you that's going to happen in this movie. And there was some stuff I wrote down like i i noticed right away that the grandma had that symbol mm-hmm. on her necklace and so did annie the mom had was wearing that necklace with a symbol at the funeral um and then later on when charlie walks out of the house and then she sees the grandma like lighting a fire in the yeah. field or something mm-hmm. um it like shows an above shot and there were other footprints like going to and from the house. I didn't see that. In the I mud. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess could be like those other creepy smiling naked people. <laughs> that I don't know. But those are the only two things I noticed. But I'm sure there's like a lot more that I didn't even catch up on. Right. I think that one thing that was really cool with the movie too was because the mom designs figurines or whatever and like makes all those models for museums and whatnot is how they kind of told the story through those as well and then all of a sudden it would go into an actual scene mm-hmm. and i thought that that's that how was the movie really, started actually. yeah and there's other moments too that like it just continuously does that or like there was a moment where it showed the mom in bed or something like that and then she places the grandma yeah. in the doorway <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then she's looking at the figurine and like staring at it, and it's like looking back at her, and it was just like really eerie and kind of interesting to look at. But I think that there were other ones that I can't remember off the top of my head that kind of like foreshadow some things that were going on. But there was also one where like Peter's in his bed and his face was like covered with something, but I couldn't tell what. And so I don't know if that was like shouting out to. The paint thinner that he gets covered in. Oh, yeah. Or anything of that. And there was a couple others, too. But I was catching them more the second time through than I was the first time. Hmm. So definitely something to pay attention to if you're going back and watching this one again. So one of the other interpretations I had was that it ties together kind of saying that Charlie had Pie Man in her as well. Because she... And kind of what happens to Charlie. Because she sees the bird kill itself in the window and then she goes out bird thing. she goes out and mm-hmm. cuts its head off yeah. and keeps the head and then you catch a drawing later of hers that when her parents are looking through it after she's died and she draws that bird's head with a crown on it and then at the very end of the movie you see Charlie's head on top of this figurine or whatever once Peter comes up who is now Pie Man and they take the crown or whatever, and then they end up putting it on his head. So I think it was showing that he was in her and then moved on to this. And, like, it was just a weird interpretation of, like, how it all tied together subtly in the background of things. Can we just talk about for a minute how Peter must feel being, like... Part pie well, man, part now. human. He's great. Well, at but the like, end, I, think I was... feel like he just looks very like, what is happening? I'm terrified. I'm pretty sure at the end, it's all pie man. I think Peter's gone at that point. Yeah, probably. I don't know. He looked so maybe not. I but don't he know. never speaks again. He only does click noises from that point on. But we wouldn't know because it was like literally two seconds and then it cuts to credits. I mean, from the whole walk and everything, it's like he understood every. Like he looks around and he looks like. 
dazed, but also it's not, he doesn't I look guess. like questioning. He kind of is just like looking around and observing everything. So I don't know. you also to see after he very wisely jumps out of the attic window, yep. which is why attics <laughs> Full are not <circle>. scary. Um, <laughs> you see Pie Man's light. Oh, I should look up how you actually say his, his name. I think, I think it's, it's Pie Man. Like, no, we're keeping Pie Man. Pie Man. <laughs> the Pie Man's light goes into him, and then that's when he wakes up. But I don't think he talks after From that. that. Point he does Okay, so he, maybe it was just at that point. He just had this like look on his face, and I couldn't tell if confused. he was still there or not. So I think it was just him like taking it all in because he's been half and half. Or I know, but like, how do you go from like a struggling teenage boy to just be like, I'm Pie Man, the king of a cult, King Pie Man, yeah, king of a naked cult. <laughs> I did notice too the the like statue thing that. Charlie's head is on mm-hmm. at the end resembles she when Charlie was still alive she was making like a little statue thing oh yeah at her desk the... and it looks like almost, I'm pretty sure it looks like identical mm. to the statue that her head was put on yeah so I think that all like kind of is foreshadowing in the beginning of yeah what it is but that was all cool to see overall I love this movie I thought it was really yeah. good it's definitely unsettling it's one that I feel like you'll be uncomfortable watching so i mean that's what i said i i mean i'm still it's worth watching it's mm-hmm. just very interesting mm-hmm. would you want a sequel no i think it's fine on its own how would you i i would agree um i i would like to see more stuff like I don't know, maybe more stuff in this same vein. Yeah. Maybe um, if they did like a prequel to like help us understand the culty part. Yeah. And maybe. then like this would be the movie that comes after. I feel like I would even more so like just the director's thought, and I'm sure we can find them, but the director's thoughts on some of these things and the more in-depthness of things we didn't catch yeah. as opposed to a prequel. I think that just maybe some of his explanations would make us appreciate it even more than we do already. But I think, yeah, I'd agree. Either films in the same vein or just more films by this director. I know that he also, his second big one was Midsummer, Which we hated. You and I hated it. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it because I heard people didn't like it. But it is, it's pretty like culty again like this one, but just completely different. So, I mean, like, I, d- I definitely think that I will watch whatever types of films he puts out just because it has the chance to be yeah. amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do like this as, like, a standalone thing. Right. Um, yeah. I am more inclined to, go, like, go and watch Midsummer, um, even though I've not heard great things. But <laughs> I really like this one, so maybe I'll draw some parallels between the two. For sure. All right, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up at all? Anybody? I don't know why Pie Man's got to be so freaky get having all his followers be naked. That's so true. <laughs> just out of nowhere, too. Yeah. And smiling. Not just naked, naked yeah. and smiling. <laughs> Peter got a cool crown at the end. Oh, yeah. All right, so then we're going to end it here. If you like what you're hearing and on the Grim Conclusions podcast... Give us a follow on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us suggestions. Anything else, Tina? Matt, thanks for joining. Yeah, it was it was a grand old scary time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're all signing off. Have a good night, good day, whenever you're listening, and bye. Praise Pie Man. 
See you later. Pizza, pizza. <laughs>